I'm Mike Green here with Johannes Westerink from Notre Dame. He's a professor of civil engineering and geological sciences. Is that correct? That's okay. right. And Clint Dawson, who's from the University of Texas, is at the Institute for Computational Engineering and Science, uh, also called ISIS. And these are two experts on predicting storm surge and all things associated with hurricanes. And uh, you're part of a team, uh, you probably might be the leaders for the team, that's done a lot of work on, on modeling uh, hurricanes and storm surge. Can you just uh, tell us the kinds of highlights or things that you found? Sure. Well, we, I guess we're involved in a number of different areas. Uh, first of all, of course, we uh, work very intensively on the computational algorithms that allow us to do more detailed and, and bigger models of hurricane storm surge. And uh, one of the areas that we've been pushing tremendously recently is uh, looking at multi-scale physics in, in the hurricane storm surge event. And specifically, we're looking at dynamically coupling uh, short wind wave and surge models and automating the, the, the resolution that's required in order to really resolve this multi-scale physics. And that currently is uh, being sponsored by Office of Naval Research and uh, NSF. Mm -hmm. So that's one of our big pushes. Uh, another huge area, of course, is uh, applying these models to southern Louisiana and Texas and Mississippi. And these studies are done for the Army Corps of Engineers and for FEMA, as well as uh, for congressionally funded studies, LACPR uh, being the main one. And those studies specifically look at what kind of risk is there uh, to storm surge inundation in the area. Uh, how do marsh areas and barrier islands uh, stop uh, or reduce the impact of storm surge? And also, how do you design better uh, storm surge barriers? And how can you design a smarter storm surge barrier? It seems like often we build a barrier and that helps at least temporarily or for a certain level of, of storm one area but impacts another area uh, much more severely because of the increased storm surge that that results from building up that barrier. Mm -hmm. so, so this obviously is a huge problem because you talk about it's at many scales. You know, you've got the huge scale of the ocean and then, of course, once it gets on land, you're thinking about what might happen within a half mile, for example, uh, or maybe even less. But Clint, is there a lot of math involved with this? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, yes, there is. Uh, and there's a lot of engineering involved and there's mm -hmm. a lot of aspects of high-performance computing and um, so it requires a large group. That's one reason why we teamed up uh, we started working together about 10 years ago, more on the uh, uh, the algorithmic side of the problem and also the parallel computing aspects of it. And that was gave us the uh, ability to do the, the more large-scale hurricane simulations, the fine grid. And so there's it's a combination of mathematics, numerical analysis, uh, and I would say high-performance computing, sort of all three together mm -hmm. have to go into this. Yes, so yes, there's a lot of mathematics involved. Uh, and is that because of uh, like trying to analyze how fluids are moving? And, uh... Well, it's analyzing, um, it's, it's both determining what are the correct physics for the model, what terms have to be included in the equations, and how you, and how you couple different models together, such as uh, storm surge models with wind and wave models. And that's been quite complicated, I would say, how that how you couple the wind models, and now we're just coupling in the wave models, but how that all works, um, because that is very much a multi-scale uh, problem. Those, the other models run at very different scales, both in space and time, I would say, with 
Would you agree with yep. that? And then it's figuring out how to uh, describe those processes numerically on the computer. So we have to come up with a way of discretizing them in space and time and then making sure that the whole thing is stable <laughs> well, that we can run simulations over long time periods without the code blowing up, you know, because of because we didn't account for certain instabilities or we didn't resolve features uh, adequately or and so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of, uh, of dirty work that has to be done at that point to figure out what went wrong. Of course it's a work in progress all the time right. I guess but it, at where you're at now does the model test pretty well? Um, right now where we're at for a big storm like Katrina or, or Rita uh, typically we have about uh, 75 to 80 percent of our high water marks within a foot and a half. Wow. Out of a 30-foot storm surge thing. So that's very good. It's very so good. It is very good and uh, of course we're trying to push further and further and uh, get refine these capabilities now more and more and understand the physics. It's just continually surprising what we find in terms of where previous models missed very important physics mm -hmm. and trying to over-parameterize on, on, on large scales. And, uh, yeah, I think the thing that we're finding out is that as we get down, as the as computers become more and more powerful and we're able to throw more resolution at the problem, we're getting down to scales that we have never, you've never done simulations of these scales before. And you don't know all the, how processes that used to be sort of washed out because you're your elements were as big as this hotel, you know, or as big as this city, yeah. are now the size, the element might be the size of this, this area, you know, and you have, you're actually picking up physics that you hadn't, that you had never really resolved before, and how does that affect the overall computation? But because of that, we're able to get much more accurate solutions. And, and so how do you go about, it, it seems pretty difficult, it's never done before, and then you're on a much smaller scale than anyone else, how do you, how do you find those things? Well, uh, we're, we're, uh, we've implemented uh, a whole new generation of algorithms, discontinuous Galerkin algorithms, to the shallow water equations and the associated transport problems. And um, uh, that family of algorithms is much better suited to trying to resolve, or first of all, uh, find that you need to have more resolution. Previously, what happened if you didn't have enough resolution, you'd generate oscillations and Typically, people would throw some viscosity at it. The oscillations would go away, and you wouldn't know that you had missed a, a, a critical mm -hmm. physical feature. So now, with the discontinuous Galerka method, there's a, a lot of nice little, uh, uh, I guess, features that allow you to pick up the fact that you don't have enough resolution there, and then you can actually in an, uh, adaptively go in there and provide more resolution in terms of refining the grid and also going to high order interpolants. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be non-conforming, which is really nice to program because you can just take an element and put elements within it without having to worry what's going on around it in a big way. So these are... Yeah, this is what, this is what will go into our next generation uh, code. I think in, in the current studies, what your another another thing that crops up is that as you get down to these smaller and smaller scales, is getting the data to go into the models is yeah. quite a headache. I mean, you have to have elevation data and all of the levees and the barriers and the islands and the can't the the trees and yeah. all of that stuff has to go into the model. Yeah, so there's smart. just there's a tremendous amount of work, and Johannes's team has really been the has done the back-breaking work in this area as far as 
getting these models set up and running and getting them and really showing that they can get accurate solutions. It's been, I've been quite impressed as a mathematician to think that, that a, you know, because we usually work in such, in such esoteric uh, settings to think that something that complicated can actually reproduce what, ha what actually happens physically. It's quite, it's been quite gratifying actually to see it all unfold. Yeah, and I, I think one of your earlier models, you, you did test on a, on a previous New Orleans hurricane, is that right? Yeah. And, it, and it, it was a very good prediction. It did pretty well. Or post but, but it was missing some critical features. Oh. And so, uh, and, and that's another thing is in, in some of these models, and, and as we go, look down the history of the models, it turns out that uh, you had one thing, uh, two wrongs made a right. And some missing physics, uh, you know, canceled out. canceled out. For example, under-resolution tends to over-predict storm surge. Mm -hmm. But uh, something like not having the right boundary conditions or not putting the wave radiation stress uh, forcing function due to wave breaking, that that will give you a lower surge. So things canceled out. But the thing is that when you start exploring scenarios uh, into the future of what happens with much bigger storms, say, that we're, of course, very interested in, or what happens with different configurations, um, then you don't know whether those two wrongs are going to cancel out the right way and right. Give, you, give you a little bit more okay. confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the example I like to use is, uh, for example, you can say that the, the velocity of, of an object falling, that dx dt is equal to a constant. And you can say that's a pretty good model, right? Well, it's, it's the wrong model because you need, you need to consider the, the resistance as well as the gravity. And, and you have that second derivative in there. So uh, it's that kind of thing that uh, we're, we're exploring more than ever. And like a, the thing is that every time we look, we find very interesting physics that is going to allow us to push into the next generation of models. Mm -hmm. Earlier, you mentioned Katrina. Do you have a feeling that, like, is that kind of storm possible again? Could New Orleans go through that kind of experience again or some other city? Well, yeah. I'm not a meteorologist or a statistician, and uh, I couldn't, you know, I, I'm probably not qualified to really address that. What, what our interest is is in trying to, given a set of meteorological conditions, to predict the storm. Have you made, as a team, or, or been part of a, a group that's made recommendations about what cities should do? Or? You're part of this, the uh, LACPR, I guess, is the really the study. Well, you know more about yeah. it than I do. It's a bunch of studies, LACPR, the Hurricane Protection Office in, from the Corps, and the uh, New Orleans District, state of Louisiana, and, and those, all those areas, and FEMA, of course, those organizations are all, all using our storm surge yeah. prediction. Johannes has just been appointed to the southeast Louisiana, what did you say? It was Flood the Protection Authority. Flood Protection Authority, which mm -hmm. makes decisions about the protection systems for for that particular part of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I guess they haven't split up into how many different... And east and west. East uh, and west. Bank, yeah. So the, the code that, we're, that we've developed is part of the decision-making process mm -hmm. for what will happen in the future. Mm -hmm. yeah. How to put these levee alignments and how high to build them and uh, you know, the, how, how much will marshland protect it, people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a big issue is west, wetland restoration. Right, is yes. Big, Actually, Congress uh, was pretty smart in trying to fold that all into one uh, ball of wax, so to speak, um, in terms of looking at not only flood protection systems and the traditional levees, but also at coastal restoration. Mm -hmm. so.
I think that's that's a smart thing, way to look at it. Well, thank you for talking today. Johannes Westerink uh, and Clint Dawson, and I'm Mike Green uh, for Mathematical Moments. Oh, and I should point out that uh, on our page here, we have a related resource that links to your uh, some of the things you've done to your web page. Okay. But thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you.